0: Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's another Wednesday afternoon, and we are here to talk about an episode getting pretty damn close to the number 200. It's Unbreakable. We're freaking pumped. We have a crazy guest. We'll see you guys in just one quick second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. There it is. Yes. We, we told him it was coming. Yeah, he knew. He knew. He was, he was just playing it cool. Didn't want to explode like does. we did. That's what movie stars do. That's what movie stars do. And we have one in the studio, guys. This is nuts. What a crazy, crazy day! I can't believe we're we're covering this movie with a little star of the movie. Yeah, we like, actually so cool. like one of the top build dudes in glass. We're so excited, but we're actually talking Unbreakable today. Yeah, and I think you carry the weight in this movie. We'll get there. We'll get there. Big we'll time, there. Big time. Uh, Spencer Treat Clark in the studio. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, Good thanks beer. for coming,
0: man. Thanks for coming. You and I met a few years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was covering Animal Kingdom, which is a show that... Are you currently still on? Yep, you we are? just started
1: season one, yeah. Yeah, I'm awesome. i working on it right now. Yeah, yeah, an Animal uh, Kingdom... Uh, yeah, back oh, sorry, then. season four, rather. I say season but I met four, yeah. you when you guys had yeah. just wrapped
0: season one, actually. Yep. Uh, that, that was a crazy... Uh, a crazy premiere, right? It was like, they, they had like mm. turned that whole thing into like a half pipe and it was like did. sand oh, and a wow.
1: beach. Yeah, it was super cool. They had like X Games athletes doing crazy stuff. We
0: all got Animal Kingdom skateboards. I yeah. still have mine. I still yeah. have mine too. Yeah. You have a skateboard An from animal, animal Kingdom. It has
1: Animal Kingdom TNT on the bottom. It's a brand new skateboard. You'll never ride
0: it. it. says bad as bread on the bottom of <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the movie Animal Kingdom? I have, yeah. That, oh, it's dude, fantastic. I love that movie. So good. Yeah, I was so excited when the series yeah, came out. Shot, yeah. yeah, it's a really good show. Um, so that's where we met and you're here which is really exciting. Exciting because uh, the fans were, were clamoring for us to talk about Unbreakable, and I was like, one time I got to interview this guy who's yeah. literally starring in that movie. I wonder if he wants to come on the show, and so and so here we are.
1: I'm glad he reached out because I, I, you know, I've obviously answered questions about Unbreakable over the years, but I've yeah. never really done like a an in depth, yeah, deeper dive. So it'll be fun. Like maybe I'll remember some stuff that I've forgotten.
0: We'll, see. well, I know you just finished the press tour for Glass, right? Because mm-hmm. it just opened this last weekend, and yeah. so you were in New York doing all the whole interviews, getting asked the same question, like, 175 times <laughs> in a row, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so yeah. But, so when you were a kid doing Unbreakable, you didn't get to do that press tour with them because... No, I mean, I,
1: I went and did, like, I did the red carpet stuff and did a little bit of interview stuff, but I'd never done, like, I didn't do, like, the press yeah, yeah. junket. Um, so, yeah, I just did that recently. It was fun. Like, I, I did it with, um, with Anya Taylor-Joy, and so oh, yeah, she's I great. had, like, somebody to bounce off of and... Yeah. But yeah, we did like three days of nonstop interviews and but it was it was actually pretty fun. She's cool. pretty funny. I,
0: I enjoyed I talked to her last summer and yeah. uh, I enjoyed her so I'm sure She's awesome.
1: Sure. She was entertaining to hang so out fun. with for a few days in a row. Yeah. She's watching. And, it right and now. it's cool. Like people are people, you know, people want to know about the movie. So it's like Absolutely. And it was a fun. It was a cool experience. Oh, yeah,
0: I mean, so. well it's I mean, before we get into the show like we always do, we mm-hmm. can talk about that a little bit because you were telling us you were actually camping when Split mm-hmm. came out and you had no idea that yeah. it was a sequel essentially.
1: Yeah, I mean I I had no Knight had talked about it like over the over time he said you know even after Unbreakable finished he was like yeah I want to do another one and but I didn't expect it to happen especially 18 years later I think everybody had sort of forgotten it was even a possibility um and then yeah I was camping and the weekend split came out and I turned my phone on and took off airplane mode and I had just was like blown up by people being like have you seen this movie and I was like guys like I get it like I worked with Knight many years ago like I'm gonna see it I'm really excited (laughs) about it. Um, but they're like, no, you have to, and then someone did ruin it for me. Eventually, but it was still like amazing to go in there and be like, huh. And then you know there were chatter about the sequel, and, and then it was still like a couple months before I talked to um, you know, Knight c- called me and yeah, has, had a call set and said, hey, you know, will you? He actually, it was funny. He was like, you know, I, it's actually like a, a pretty sizable role, and I'm I'm writing a scene between you and I right now because he was actually writing the yeah. script. Oh at the wow. Time. Um, which is that that scene is now obviously in the movie. The electronic store, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, the, the security store, probably. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just let him go. So, for a but lot. yeah, and then it was yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it was a few months, even after that, before I got to read a script. Yeah, obviously they're so under wraps about that stuff. Andy was still writing it. So,
0: did you I, think you were going to be involved with with uh? with a, the next film when you'd seen, or, like, when even, when, even when you just saw the text? Like, mm. did you ever think that, like, they were going to bring the son back if they were going to bring
1: him back? no, I had zero expectations. I hoped, obviously. Um, but, you know, the the other reality is, like, I had no idea what the role was. Part of me was, like, I'm going to die in the first sure. five minutes, <laughs> and they're going right. to raise the stakes, you know, it's because they got, you know, it's, yeah. um... So, you know, it was awesome for me to read the script and see that it was a a fully developed substantial role. role. Yeah, it was really cool. Not that I would have not, like, (laughs) I would have been psyched to die in the first five minutes too, but. Yeah. um, So would I. I. (laughs) And then I also, like, I I joke about this, but I think part of me, like, the cynic, cynic in me, like, genuinely thought maybe that they would, you know, if they would, you know, if they... Hire Chris Hemsworth or whatever you know to be the Thor-like Joseph Dunn. Oh, um, Joseph grew up so, really yeah. differently. He really grew up. Maybe, yeah. maybe maybe like
0: superimpose your face onto Hemsworth, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then you just claim that no, that's just that's actually that's just me. That's, me just, me. that's yeah, just, just my like body. do so, in time. I don't know. I'll <laughs> tell you guys. Um,
1: just like getting making gains. Like you and McAvoy were just like working yeah. out
0: together. He was just getting jacked. Big. He, he got was, real big. Dude, dude McAvoy was huge. Yeah, he was massive. Yeah.
1: This guy Magnus Lidback, who's um, he's a celebrity. Does like Alcadore. <laughs> His name is
0: Magnus. It's Alicia fantastic.
1: Vikander. He's like an actual Viking. Yeah, like yeah. Really? He's so funny. Yeah. Um, but he's like the sweetest guy. Him or Ben Robson? Um, Ben's huge. Ben's massive, right? He's like 6'5. massive. Like, I just, I mean, again, we started season four recently. <laughs> ben plays one of the characters on, on Animal Kingdom. And um, I always, you know, he's in the UK during the, the offseason and so He's around. But um, I was just standing next to him and I'm like, I forget how damn huge you are. his shoulders oh, I was and intimidated and literal, on yeah, the carpet King, I was very it. intimidated he, he's well, he told me about him he's yeah.
0: way bigger than me Yeah, he's huge. real big he like, was actually you? a horrifying man <laughs> he's like a beard yeah. like, super nice yeah, um, really but, nice guy uh, you're 6'2"? I'm 6'2 and he's large yeah, yeah, yeah. he's yeah. big made me feel real small Yeah. <laughs> um. so so Magnus and, and so he was trained in McAvoy, McAvoy so you kind of got to see that process a little bit yep yeah, because I was wondering when watching Glass, I was like, is, is McAvoy? Like, that's all real, right? That's not like oh, a body yeah. double. It's and that, it's he just put him. it on
1: quick, too, because he was playing Charles Xavier, like, right before. Like, right, He's also from one movie to the next. Because he's not that big of a guy, right? He's like, is he six foot, maybe? Mm, I think he's maybe even a little shorter than that. Maybe okay. he's like 5'10"? Or... You know, guys that are 5'10", 5'11", we actually <laughs> have a lot going for it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs>
0: So, uh, before we you know, fully just dive into all the stuff, I want to remind everybody here, uh, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We talk action movies on the show, maybe more than action movies. We talk sweet movies on the show. Yeah, so we, we used to talk only action movies that adhered to these four basic rules, but we've kind of uh, expanded a bit, and Unbreakable is definitely an example of us expanding. The first rule that we used to always abide by is the hero always plays by their own rules. I think by mm-hmm. the end of the movie, it feels like... Willis does start to play by his own rules. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. It also feels like he plays by the rules of comic books, right? right. Like, like that he has to follow this kind of lineage or the rules that are set out. I mean, you're a huge comic book fan. I am, yep. And, uh, yeah, it's like he kind of... He buys into it, right? Yeah, I think he almost... In in the weirdest way possible, and this plays into the theory that maybe Sam Jackson is the hero of Glass, he almost plays Hmm. by Sam Jackson's rules. And if you think Hmm. of Sam Jackson as the hero that's trying to expose the idea that there are supers in the world... He's kind of... But that's, like, getting real deep. Right. He kind of... I think in this movie, in Unbreakable, Bruce Willis kind of plays by his own rules.
1: Yeah, how do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, I think also, to some degree, his arc is that he, go, he like, figures out that he... That the rules necessarily don't... Like, that's part of his arc is that he feels the rules don't apply to him. Because I think the biggest thing holding him back is, like, his belief in, yeah. him, in himself. Right. Um, So, you know, even, like, with the weightlifting scene and all that stuff, it's, like, he's never he just assumes he can't lift more weight. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, maybe I can't. Maybe I am, like, insanely strong.
0: I lied. And the funny part (laughs) is... I love
1: that line. It's been been 19 years since that movie came out.
0: I watched it in theaters. And to this day, when I watched it again for, like, whatever, the fifth time now... The two best scenes are your scenes with him. It's either it's both. Yeah. It's both the table at the end with yeah, the. It's the gunshot and the table at the end. Yeah, And yeah. the weightlifting. They're thing. the three best scenes, and the weightlifting scene is the one that I re- always remembered after that movie. It's the one that always just like for whatever reason in your head you can imagine being a kid and doing that with your yeah. dad. Yeah. And how crazy it would feel, right? Yeah, I remember yeah. that scene.
1: Too, like doing it so vividly. Yeah, so yeah. It actually started off with me. Um, like, hitting a punching bag yeah. first, and I'm, like, kind of being all tough and stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah, never made it in, so... That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So rule yeah, number two, the fabulous. hero and the villain
0: are always the smartest people, beings, things in the room. I think by the end of it, that's very clear. I mean, definitely Jackson's the smartest, and Willis mm. Willis is smart enough to understand that, like, there's something at play. He's super, so he can see the... Yeah, the he's, starting to, he's starting to kind of, like, yield to his powers. He's starting yeah. to, like, become who he's supposed to be, but a 100%... Sam Jackson is the genius villain. like yeah. that. Because Glass, if Glass isn't a genius villain, then he's literally just a dude whose bones break. <laughs> rule number you know, three, like. the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. I guess security guard? He's mm-hmm. not really... Nah. Mm-hmm. not it's a stretch. Mercenary is not really a security guard. And then rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. You don't see the explosion, but the train does crash. It does. So technically, you're kind of in that wheelhouse. It's an implied explosion. Yeah. Yeah. So those used to be the rules that we would, like, really stick to. Coming up today on the show, guys, we are going to talk all your favorite things, fist pump moment, favorite line. We did, like, an in-depth interview with Spencer here about his whole experience. And, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the... We don't have a ton of games prepared because we wanted to focus on our guest. Okay. Um A quick thank you to Jacob Patrick and Mitchell Boker, brand new members of the Action Army of our Patreon. Guys. We salute you. We salute you. Thank you so much. And uh, I suggest we get into the first segment of the show. Yeah, let's watch the trailer. Yeah. I don't remember I, I, this trailer that well. I
1: this remember being like this pre- is uh, Michael Kelly, Doug Stamper, who plays this role. Hi. Yep. Talk her. Totally. It's great oh, actor. This scene is so great too. In City I
0: Hospital. recognize this
1: voice from uh, from House of Cards. Yeah. Are yeah. we still yeah. can yep the audience still hear us? Yep, uh-huh. I ask you some
0: questions. Where were you sitting on the train? Mm. Passenger car against the window. <laughs> yeah, Michael Kelly's been. A in lot the of passenger passengers.
1: car? I didn't realize it until I Yes. Rewatched the movie like a year and a half ago. Really? That's who that was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, big TV actor, tons of stuff. Big yeah, movie actor too. so good. Yeah. I had forgotten when I went back to this that it came out so quickly after six cents. That, sense. In yeah. that yeah. was a
1: trip. Knight's twenty nine when he directed this movie. That's so for six cents. You got that movie made when he was like twenty five. After That's Stuart insane. Little, right? <laughs> yeah. That's right, Rick. Right.
0: Your train derailed. Took a curve too fast. A second train collided with yours after it derailed. And that Rosie
1: O'Donnell movie.
0: Which one? And oh right, right. We were yeah. <laughs>
1: this, this is so funny cuz like I I don't remember like seeing trailers for you know. Just yeah, and that movie. Yeah, and that cut like that was just there showing like the the rescue can workers you know, wasn't in the movie I Yeah, like Oh, interesting.
0: Well, 2000 also like we have talked a lot about trailers. Different era for trailers. You didn't just watch them all the time online and on
1: Twitter yeah. Uh, like yeah,
0: you, two, mostly you saw them in theaters. Totally. You don't have a scratch on you. There's
1: another weightlifting scene that you can find on YouTube that is like a follow-up to...
0: Your mind oh, really?
1: Yeah, maybe I'll mention it after you huh. watch. It's a really great scene if you look it up. Cool. Is, is it just cut from the movie? Yeah. It is... Should um, I try to talk over this? I feel bad. No, no, it's good. Um, you can do whatever you'd like. It's uh, David Dunn, like, after the weightlifting scene in the basement. Are you ready? He's at Temple University, like, in the locker room. Yeah. In the football locker room. And, you know, it's all these huge football players... And he's no one's really paying attention. He goes to the back and he sits down on the bench press because like we run out of weights at home. Right. Uh-huh. He sits right, down right. on the bench press and he puts like 500 pounds and just like and then as he starts lifting, the like you know it's a really loud locker room and people are talking and making jokes and and uh, and so he, he benches this you know insane amount. Yeah. And the music all of a sudden like swells up and drowns out. And he puts it up. And he looks and he looks at it, and then all of a sudden the music like cuts and it's dead silent. And you see all these football players looking at him, just staring, being like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. And then they like start teasing, like, "You can't even lift that." <laughs> <right. Yeah. laughs> it's, a, it's a great scene. I, I think maybe they just cut it for time or something, but it, it's, on, it's on YouTube. You can check it out. Oh,
0: that's awesome! It's, it's, it's a really great scene. It's yeah. also I wonder if he cut that because. He, like, it's inconsistent with the character exposing himself to that much attention. And yeah. maybe it would have been worse if, it, like, because 500 pounds, it's like an outrageous amount of weight like, for me right, size. Yeah. So maybe,
1: maybe it's like we don't really too need much. To yeah, it's too definitive. Ask too many questions. Yeah, yeah kind of a thing. I think it also just moves maybe, like, non essential to, like, you'd already yeah. established it. That but he's super strong. It's still a great right. scene, though. Few, yeah, because the way that it happens, because I'm curious. It's almost better that it's like, because people that actually really lift weights a lot
0: understand the amount of weight, between, like, two and 300 pounds for a guy like that, his age.
1: Like, can you lift weights fine. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm saying I I've just
0: heard that's a lot of weight that's an incredibly impressive amount of weight to just be like yeah. benching in your garage with your yeah. son yeah. spotting you like even even me watching I was like holy shit like that's yeah, that's crazy yeah you know for sure five, yeah. if it was like five or six hundred pounds in the, in the basement or like in the garage I think it would have like taken away from it yeah at that totally yeah it's uh, a cra- crazy amount of weight so uh, we're going to the next part of the show guys this is Thesis Statement so uh, each of us will come up with our biggest boldest thought about this film so a definitive Statement. The best, this, the only, the first, the last. We try to stay away from you know generic things like my favorite scene is this, because anybody can have that opinion. We are movie experts. That's that, what we try to be on this that show. That's what we call ourselves. <laughs> uh, and so I'm gonna jump in first with mine because Let me just, go ahead and jump in first here with mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought about this a lot after I watched this film, and, and Drew and I, you know, driving over here, we talked about it. But I think it's a fair statement to say. Uh, this is the most unheralded child actor run ever. Yeah. All time. 100%. And we were like, do we even talk about it? Because it's like For a sure. thing where we're going to be like, you're the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> but like I was watching the movie, and like I said, it's like the fifth time I watched it, and hmm. I texted Drew and I was like, I was like, Spencer has like really great scenes in this movie. And I was like, this is like real acting. By the end of it, I was like, he's like, you know, as good or better than than Haley Joel. Oh, like, we, I was like, we were going back and forth. I was like, it's, it's insane to me that he didn't get a nod and I think the biggest reason you didn't get a nod was because Sixth Sense came out, like, the what felt year. like six months before, you know? But it's crazy, like, like thinking about this, like, just the, the run of movies that you're in in such a short time, they're really significant. Your roles are, like, really good roles. I mean, 2000's crazy. You have great performances in 2000, like, huge ones. Yeah. That I, I think it's kind of nuts that uh, because of Sixth Sense, it just seems like people, they watch this movie with a different lens or something. Like, there was an expectation as opposed to with Sixth Sense. It kind of came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, and then I'm actually just going to cut you off and jump in with mine, saying that, because we talked about this, too. I was saying the worst thing that's ever happened to Unbreakable was Sixth Sense. And and Unbreakable made a good amount of money. It made a great amount of money, and I think that's because of Sixth Sense. Honestly, I think it was because people were like, holy shit, this M. Night Shyamalan guy can do something different. He can kind of blow my mind. Willow's coming back. There's another kid. Who knows what kind of performance we're going to get out of this. But I think the reason that you didn't get an Oscar nod was because Haley Joel did. (laughs) and I honestly think that the reason this movie was kind of overlooked was because it just came out so quickly after. I didn't watch Unbreakable truly until like three years ago. Like actually sit down and watch it from beginning to end. I'd seen it on TV, on FX, on Fox, whatever in the background, but it was never the same thing. And this movie's so good. It's really good. It really is. And the thing I said about the scenes, man, I'm not exaggerating that. I really think they're the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, 100%. 100%.
1: No, that's thanks so much. That's incredibly sweet of you guys to say. Um, it's funny looking back because um, you know I'm, I was just a kid. You know, yeah, like right. I go back and I and I watch it, and you know, obviously now when when I watch myself, I think a lot of actors have this experience. Like you, it's like not always super comfortable to watch yourself because you're thinking, ah, oh, maybe I could have made this choice differently, or but I can I can watch those. You know, like, stuff from 2000, like, pretty unencumbered because it feels almost like a completely different person. Sure. Um, but, you know, I go back, and I'm like, ah, oh, the kid's kind of whiny in, in that scene or whatever. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's funny. I You know, going back and watching Unbreakable for Glass, uh, I hadn't seen it in so long, and it was sort of wild to, like, sort of attach that, you know, period of my career and thinking about, like, even choices I made back then and, and linking it to, to my career now was... Um, was it was pretty wild. Um, Do you so, remember
0: your process at all? Like, before the scenes, like, your preparation?
1: It, it's funny. I actually... I pulled up... I found my old script. My mom found my old script in, in my parents' house in their attic. And there's, like, little notes in the margins. Like, Joseph is sad. And you know, Joseph loves <laughs> yeah, yeah, his yeah. dad and stuff, which was just so hilarious. I brought it on set and, like, showed, showed everybody. They're, just like, they're like <laughs> such simple, like, yeah kid notes, right? Yeah, which yeah. is, like, kind of great. It's fun to see, like, my, you know, what was an evolving process uh, at the time um, but uh, yeah I mean it, what, what a wild experience to be well, able to come back and play a role that you played as a, as a child. As a 12 year old or so. a 13
0: year old were there things that <clears throat> like you said a year ago you went back and revisited Unbreakable for yeah. Glass were there things that you actually took from your character as a kid that you tried to bring to mm. Glass because I'm assuming and actually not even assuming but I know most of our audience has seen Glass and that's why they were all begging for Unbreakable mm. um but yeah, I, I, like as an actor, I'm very curious to see like what you saw as twelve
1: year old you that you were like, oh yeah, I should bring that back as twenty right.
0: nine year old me, you know, thirty year old me.
1: Right. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, I think that it, it, it was interesting, especially when like Knight was like, I have a role for you, and and then not being able to read the script for so long, I think I had so many questions about like where is Joseph? Yeah. Now, um, but I think the one like really strong thread that exists from the original through to Glass is um, Joseph's belief in his father and how, you know, how much he loves his father. So that, that was sort of a, the one through line, the one constant from the first movie to this movie. And then there was also another element that it's a spoiler. It's not a very big one, but a, an element that that is explained a backstory element in Joseph and David's life that's explained that has happened between split and Glass that mm. a big change in his life, from... You're talking about the mother? The, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there was sort of one big change and one big constant which I think were kind of cool to, to play off of. I
0: just think about that scene actually mm-hmm. when I was re-watching Unbreakable and I, I was thinking about how useful I thought that scene was actually. Um, how much I liked it because... Which scene is that? Yeah, which the, one are you talking the, about? The, the, the spoiler you're talking about with the, with the mom. Yeah. Because... You mean in Glass? Yeah, when he mm. says I have to talk to you about something. He's having that flashback in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I liked so much about it was it's it feels like it's playing more to the reality of the situation that's happening in Unbreakable, which is that you want to believe that this couple will, like, live happily ever after, and he'll be the superhero, and it'll all be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're dealing with the enormous pressure of, and I'm going to kind of just spoil, but I won't go too far into yeah, it. Yeah, but mean, if you guys would just want to, we're going to be spoiling probably yeah. Glass, Split, and Unbreakable You can do it, episode. I won't. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, just talk, just, like, of course. Like, he, he accepts the fact that who he is, and you have to tell your wife that. Yeah. Um, you, and, and because you're committed to the idea that you're going to be this person, of course that wouldn't necessarily go well. It's like a, it's a lot of weight. It's a weird thing to say. Maybe yeah. she doesn't believe you. Maybe she thinks you're crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I like – there was a reality to that that I thought, like, really was a strong bond between you and Bruce mm. Willis's character. Yeah. Um, hey, Marissa. Um, it looks like the stream actually stopped. Do you know what's going on with that? You're going to look into it? Okay, cool. I'm just seeing people talking. Um, sorry to cut you guys off. Yeah, but so I, th- I thought that was really cool. Um, so did you share your thesis statement? Yeah, I mean, mine was basically just saying that I believe that despite how good the Sixth Sense is, and I believe that oh, the that actual, the actual popularity of Sixth Sense brought a lot of the money to Unbreakable and like, to M. Night Shyamalan and, and his next feature. But I truly believe that, like, I think if Haley Joel got an Oscar nod that then Spencer should have gotten Oscar. That's so you. I don't
1: necessarily agree. <laughs> that's, that's fair. You I appreciate Green. it. This
0: is my job. And man. and
1: <laughs> Kaylee is amazing to success. Oh, he's incredible. And he's an g- amazing actor now, too. He's, yeah. I, he's, I don't know how much of his stuff you I, guys have watched. last couple Task yeah. 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 I saw it. Totally. He get the fuck across Silicon town. Valley. And, and, and like it's so not good, about so. like, him
0: not being as good as what people say. I just think it's that... I think that you're a lot better than people gave, gave you credit for in that film because... Again, you go back and you watch this movie, and like yeah. Ben and I were saying, those our three favorite scenes are father-son scenes, right. and they're because of, of what you and Willis do. And and not to say that Sam isn't, like, an incredible glass. We were talking about how it's, like, maybe his most interesting role he's ever taken. Yeah. But it is just incredibly fascinating that, like, I just think M, or, or Knight, has this way of directing children that's, like, shocking. Yeah. It's, you special. Know? It's yeah. very special. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, what I think it is is, like, A, he's an incredibly warm person. He's so good with people. Yeah. And he has such clear choices about what he wants. I mean, he stays flexible, especially with kids. Like, sometimes you're not going to – you're only going to get, you know, you're only going to get what you can get. But I feel like he um, has, like, such a specific vision coupled with, you know, him just being an incredibly warm guy. I think that's one of the things that lets him – you know, like sometimes you have to give kids a lot of guidance, and that requires knowing exactly what you want to get out of them. So I think it lends itself well to to him to his skill set. Were there scenes so. like when you were filming Unbreakable? Because there's a lot mm-hmm. of like pretty highly emotional yeah. scenes. Did you
0: feel and, and like you said with kids, you sometimes you only get like a couple couple takes and they're yeah. just over it. Did you have those those moments of of lethargy with him, or was it kind of just like
1: he he painted it so clear for you as an actor that you were like, I can do this easy. Interesting. It's like it's funny because so the gun scene in the kitchen. I remember there being a lot of pressure. Just n- nobody put it on. Just for myself, I mm-hmm. knew like based on the stage directions that you know that I was going to be crying. A big and, scene, yeah. And um, yeah, but then we got in it, and and it was we. we it's a continuous take. It's a four minute plus scene. That, uh, um the camera guy, I think, I think his name was Gord. He had had that camera, it was a steady cam shot, and he was just sweating bullets because it's also a big thirty-five millimeter uh, film right. mag, so it's like the camera weight a lot. He, obviously, like, now that camera's been much bigger. From Bruce and more.
0: Robin, right? And then you're just there and then yeah. it's literally just wide at that point for the rest of the shot. Yeah, right? and we
1: did that nine times, which perform wow. like, a take, you have to reload every between every take you have to reload um the film, which takes yeah. a little bit of time. Now you don't have to, you know, do that much less with yeah. a card. Um but uh, so we were, we were there for a long time, and it was a really exhausting evening. But it was, like, yeah, I remember it so vividly. Just, like, camera uh, the set was really quiet, and it was, like, yeah. that was, like, the first, for me, that was, like, the first instance, like, as an actor of, like, people, like, trying to really respect my process. And I think yeah. the, a lot of it was, like, because I was a kid, too. But, <clears throat> like, you know, during the reloading, reloading the camera everyone was really quiet and it was just obviously it wasn't just for me it was for Bruce and for Robin yeah. as well but um anyways that was sort of my experience with that scene and then I also remember the scene at the end where he puts the newspaper over to me um that didn't like you know I I, I watched that now and you know I talk about feeling detached from my career then but I I am proud of that, That's, that scene. It's, it's a great, a great reaction. You
0: don't even say anything. You just like...
1: Yeah, and there was... You just I just kind of gasp. <laughs> I don't remember there being pressure for that scene. Maybe in the stage directions it didn't say, like, Joseph cries or right. whatever. Um, so uh yeah that's crazy because it, it almost feels like pressure for that yeah
0: feels like the gun scene would almost be easier because it's like there's a gun there's there, a and gun yeah shoot my dad and it almost feels like the last scene would be so hard it's like you don't say yeah. anything but you need to convey all these emotions but right that because we specific that was actually the specific scene that started our conversation mm-hmm. that he was talking about earlier was like that scene at the end when he slides over the newspaper is it's just incredibly it's it's very beautiful and very subtle yeah which is like why it's so good I think it's a good moment for us to move on to our next yeah. segment because I know it's going to relate to that, which mm-hmm. is fist pump moment. So fist pump moment mm. from the time we have founded the show has been the fan favorite. It's that moment something happens in a movie. You kind of look around and you're like, are you seeing this right now? This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. You're so excited to watch the rest of the movie. It can be anything. It can be the music, an interaction between characters, a touching look between father and son, which, which literally is, is probably what we're talking about in this movie also. Actually, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, going to hop in first on this one. <laughs> My fist pump is... I had a different moment, but I moved that to my favorite line. My fist pump is that scene. Uh, You don't know this about me, and we're going to get deep for a second, but (laughs) I didn't really have a dad growing up, and that scene for me, even with someone who didn't have a dad growing up, I still got choked up, because I watched it, and I was like, holy shit. Like, imagine that. Imagine if you knew your dad was a fucking superhero, superhero. like an actual superhero, and then, like... There's newspaper proof yeah. right there. And he's got, like, kind yeah. of a costume on. You can see, It's not totally, but it's like, yeah, yeah he just looks awesome. And, yeah. like, you, your reaction, you get, like, this, like, you get the jaw drop, you get the gasp, you get the silent tear, you get the nod, you get the wipe. And then it's just, like, it's so <laughs> elegantly shot and directed and acted. But I remember, like, and I'll get to my, my original fist pump earlier, but I remember when this scene came around, I was like, oh, dude, done. Done. Yeah, absolutely done. This is it. I thought it was going to be the moment I'm going to talk about later. I thought it was going to be the weightlifting scene in the garage. Nah, it's this moment. <laughs> so for me, and this is I, so I watched this movie a year ago. Drew and I were both on this Collider uh, show called uh, Top 50 Superhero Movies of All Time. Right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, last year they did it over the course of like four months and they counted them down. It's like a best week ever style with all the hosts. So they interview you about all the movies. And, okay, um, Unbreakable was relatively high i think i want to say unbreakable was in the in the 20s maybe yeah i I forgot that it was actually that high might be high teens but um i remember when i was doing that i watched the movie then and and what i noticed then is the same thing i noticed this time which was like sometimes movies have a moment early on like in the first 10 or 15 minutes Mm
1: -hmm.
0: where you're just like i am so intrigued there's no way i'm turning this movie off yeah it just gets you and as soon as he's off the train and michael kelly delivers that bit and he walks out there's yeah. not a scratch on you. And you've got that beautifully yeah, shot scene. Broken. Not even a scratch on you. Where yeah. the where the body is convulsing and the blood's coming through. Wow, that
1: shot's so cool. Such a cool shot. Yeah. yeah. And the blood starts like halfway through the yeah. shot. Yeah, It's yeah. a it's long like, oh. take. Yeah. And
0: and like as soon as that happens and he walks out, you're like, what is this movie? Who is this guy? Yeah. Like what like what am I watching and how can you turn it off? Yeah. And when movies have that those stakes set up like that, it's like that's just the best. It, yeah. Like you succeed as a filmmaker when you are able to set something up in the first ten minutes. Yeah, like well, that. within yeah. the first ten minutes, your audience is like, "I need to know the end of this movie." Yeah, I right.
1: have to. Yeah. Um,
0: for me, that's the fist bump, Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, you were saying you actually had one.
1: I think I have one too. Yeah. yeah. It, I, but really quickly though, it is like, like going back and watching those scenes, and like at, at eleven, I had no idea what a like what a master director in oh yeah night is. And was and continues to be, and you know, obviously, I knew sort of like the long takes and stuff. But now, being able to like watch Unbreakable as a as a real film fan, and and also um, you know now getting to be on Glass and like watch him do his thing, like I never left set even when I wasn't working because I was like, why would I go like hang in the hotel and right. I just like watch <laughs> Nice Sean Long directed movies anyways, that shot's incredible. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, my fist pump moment is uh is later in the movie when um he uh, it's been a sex since I've seen, but I think he calls Elijah and he's you know and he's like I you know I I wasn't I didn't I wasn't hurt in that car crash. Oh, and yeah. Elijah's like, okay so what do you and he's like, what do I do now? And Elijah's like go out into the Go world. where people are. Yeah, go where the people are and and the um he continues talking And it shows David Dunn in the 30th Street Station in Philadelphia in the train station. And it's like sort of his like, okay, I'm a superhero moment. And he's got the cape on and he's walking out into the train station and the the percussion comes comes yeah, in it's like the yeah. like, <laughs>
0: score of this you know it's, yeah, yeah, and yeah. all of
1: a sudden you're like okay now now he's a superhero this is like this is the third act like yeah. this is he's a superhero now like let's in some, you know something's gonna happen here like what's yeah. he what's he gonna do with those powers so I think that for me that's where it's like the Sort of spine tingling when he like moment. opens up his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he's, yeah. and he like so sees like a bunch yeah. of people, and then like he finally decides like, oh, this there's, is like, the like one the on robber, him. and there's the central yeah. predator, and yeah. then yeah. finally yeah, totally. the, the one at the end is the guy who's like taking the. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, that's 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 a super cool scene. I also right leading into that scene. Um, well, maybe I'll save it for favorite line. My yeah. favorite line in the movie comes actually in that speech. From oh, Sam okay, Jack. cool, oh, really. There, yeah, yeah. Um, um, really quickly with the fans, and this is just—I mean, again, like we're not just here to make you feel good, man. These guys they can say whatever they want. And they're all talking all their fist pump scenes. <clears throat> we got the weightlifting room scene. Or two people, three people are all saying it's all the weightlifting scene. Uh, oh. We got Richard Eric Jarvie, who's a big fan of the show. He's talking about uh, the look that Spencer gives the kid when he says, my dad can beat up your dad. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: a good line. <laughs> He's so like, funny. I
0: don't know about that. Uh, the the gun scene, um, Jonas here is also a big fan. He's saying, my fist pump is when Willis is, is Willis's reaction to Spencer trying to shoot him in the kitchen. Um, Oh, yeah, and Adrian here actually says his fist pump is the exact same as yours. Oh, nice cool that's pretty cool Uh, moving on to the show here we always get to this next part it's called character profiles we talk about what the actors were doing leading up to this movie and we're going to kind of breeze through this part Bruce Willis he just did Disney's the kid and the whole nine yards which I actually love the whole nine yards what's the
1: kid Uh,
0: it's the one where he I just remember it's like him flying a plane on the cover and he's like got this like it's his face right it's like him like looking up and it's got kind of a gold cover and it's like yeah but there's like a plane in it because it's like I think he sees himself as a kid and he's like kind of of this chubby, like nerdy kid. And,
1: it's and, Disney's video. Disney's video. Yeah, it's a Disney movie where the the younger version of Bruce Willis's character, Russ comes and visits him in the present day right because he's like an asshole
0: or something mm-hmm. like a like a jerk businessman that i always interesting. i always mix it up with the family man it's like kind of the same same time period same right. sort of like <laughs> right, right, right. you know very different <laughs> films. yeah very yeah. different films that's marissa sarifini up in the booth by the way marissa a long time producer of the show and host of uh, anatomy of movie how you doing marissa
1: i'm great gentlemen enjoying this conversation thank
0: awesome. you so much for helping with those technical difficulties by the way of
1: course
0: um Next, we got the whole nine yards, where he plays Jimmy the Tulip Tedesky. Yeah, that's which I right. I love that movie. Of uh, you and do. then the story of Us in '99, which I don't actually remember. This is coming off of an interesting part in Will's career. where I think you can pretty much define he was a superstar, but you kind of have the the different era, right? You have the like I'm an up and coming superstar, starring in movies, people, tr- and then he becomes an icon right around this time. Right yeah. around 2000 is when it's like for the next like five to seven years, everything he's in. It's just like Willis on the cover of a movie, and that's that's it. That's the movie. Sixteen Blocks. Because I mean, yeah, exactly. Because all the stuff. Yeah. I mean, of course. Then when action movies change, like a lot of these guys, their careers had to change after nine eleven. When you he stops doing Die Hard movies and it starts being like Tears of the Sun, and he's yeah. doing, you know movies yeah. like that. The world didn't want to see. Uh, uh, they didn't want to see like us battling each other on. They wanted own us soil. to kill terrorists. Yeah, is what exactly. Movies became about and interesting. And so this is, but this is a really interesting moment. Like I remember Bandits is within a couple of years of this, and like well, it's funny because you look at Sam Jacksons and he did Rules of Engagement in two thousand, yeah. which is like the same type of thing. And yeah. so Sam Jackson, on the flip side, and guys, if you are interested in the career of Sam Jackson, Drew and I have an episode of the Action Guys coming up called the most interesting career in Hollywood: the Sam Jackson story. And we're doing that on Collider's The Action Guys, which would Friday. be we'll
1: probably pick your brain for a little bit before you get out of here, but do, like because I I got some. We Sam truly stories. believe
0: that he oh, has I'd the love. most unique. Career in Hollywood. He's done 182 movies. He's worked since the 70s. And like, he's his, we were just saying, his biggest run has come between 60 and 70, which is he's more insane. famous than 70. Yeah, he's the highest grossing actor of all time. He's, I mean, it's crazy. So, yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> so, uh, but like at this moment, you know, this is again, it's the same exact transition. In 99, he does Phantom Menace. He, he stars in Shaft, Rules of Engagement, Deep Blue Sea. His like, next few years are, are, are monumental. Everything he's in is like an event movie. Yep. Um, so both of these guys yeah. had an ideal moment. It makes sense. Six Sense was nominated for Best Picture. It made uh-huh. a ton of money. So Knight was really given, like, who do you want? Name, probably, probably name who you want. You get right. that guy in the movie. I don't think anybody was going to say no to that guy yeah. to be in the movie. And then everyone's seen Willis and Sam Jackson together. Yeah. Like numerous times, so it was cool to kinda totally. see this this really big juxtaposition between the two characters in Glass and David Dunn. And then of course we got our boy here, Spencer Treat Clark. And I kind of did a full rundown of what you'd done between this four-year stretch, which is, like, again, why I think you are truly one of the most overlooked child actors. And, and again, I think <laughs> it's amazing that you're working a lot now. But, like, what you did between 99, which was Double Jeopardy, which, Ben I actually love that movie. Scoop I love Tommy Lee Jones and <laughs> <James. Yeah. laughs> like, uh, And then Gladiator, of course, which is my favorite movie of all time. Unbreakable, which we're covering today. And then Mystic River, which Ben and I both think should have probably won Best Picture. And Don't Sleep on Arlington Road. Arlington Same year Road. as Double right, Jeopardy. Right, right. You, you got five there.
1: Did Mystic River not win this Picture? No, know lost to
0: Return of the King. But yeah. did
1: Clint Eastwood get Best Director? Is that it? no? no I think it, I think they only
0: right. won. Uh, it was just the, the lead actor and supporting with Tim Robbins. and gotcha. Sean. But the next year they gave him the makeup Oscar because he mm. won everything for Million Dollar Baby. Next year. Gotcha. Right, right. So I mean, Mystic River. Like, there, I have a lot of questions about all these movies. Yeah. Probably of every movie on this list. I would say I've gotten the most mileage out of rewatching Mystic River, though I love Gladiator. I just yeah. love Mystic River. It's I haven't like,
1: rewatched it in ages. I should it's check it out. so
0: good. And yeah. I, it,
1: it's, I was just telling it, Spencer before the show started, uh, it's
0: so hard to watch. Yeah. You feel yeah. so bad for Tim Robbins. You're <laughs> yeah. just like, please, this guy's had it bad since he was 10. <laughs> yeah. Give the guy a goddamn break. Yeah. And then he doesn't get one. But anymore. so, like, this moment, you know, you're still, you're you're pretty young in your career when you're doing this. But I know, like, you know, the first thing you ever did was the TV movie, right? It, it was him or us with Richard Grieco. <laughs> yes. That was the very first yeah. credit, right? Uh, Yeah. yeah. I love so, that yeah. you pulled that. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're working pretty consistently there. Talk to us just a little bit about when does this start? Like, when do you get the first script that's like, I'm going to be huh. in a major, major um,
1: movie? The first was Arlington Road, which is a movie with tim robbins and jeff bridges, jeff bridges. Good uh, movie. Like yeah movie. it's great right yeah I've, um yeah. I, it's so funny too, because when you're again when you're that age like you don't know whether it's a good movie or a bad movie right it's like, so only is revisiting that, as an adult i was like this movie's. is
0: this that the bruce great. beresford one or is um
1: that, no that's double jeopardy that's double that was jeopardy. uh arlington road is mark pellington okay um cool. but uh yeah i mean so i just i didn't really god man i, I wasn't that conscious of right of I mean, my you Were know, obviously I was or? doing great things, and, and and you know I was I got for Gladiator, I was in Malta for three months, so I was having all these wild experiences. But like we lived in Connecticut, we lived outside of New York City, and like, yeah. and I was I wasn't doing like a ton of like you know I wasn't going out for commercials or really television. Television meant moving to Los Angeles and dropping out of school, and right. you know so. uh... I had all these amazing experiences too, but these are all these are all adult movies too. So like when I, I would go to school, like I wouldn't really talk about it because kids weren't seeing it or whatever. Right, like so kids I'd,
0: were like, "Oh my God, Mr. River came out!" Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, so
1: um, yeah, so I'd like dip out for a few months and so so, so cool, who? Yeah,
0: as, as he was kind of alluding to, how did you? to your parents on top of Like, who of it? picked like, who the script? Yeah, yeah if, yeah, if someone's actually out there picking and you look um, at the movies that you've done, you're like, I want that person's picker, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, I, I got extremely lucky, first yeah. and foremost. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't really know. It's, I mean, I, I my parents were pretty discerning. I remember, like, I, I got offered a role in The Cell. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, this so. is like a with Vincent D'Onofrio like you know they were like this is maybe a little too dark for yeah, a nine year old or something yep. yeah right. um, but uh, yeah it's it, kind of wild like I it was it, it is funny <laughs> to see, seeing like how close back to back these all these these movies oh, dude, were, we, were, we so. were shocked when we looked at it as well it's just yeah. I mean
0: any actor would dream of that run to be in the, even just to be in those four movies. Well, because like, yeah. so, Five. so, Pretty cool. <laughs> one of them, so Too one lucky. of them has to happen yeah. to put you on the radar, yeah. of the casting directors. That like, okay, this is this is the mm-hmm. kid we should be paying attention to. Because, like, mm-hmm. right, if like before this, if it's TV, like you book Arlington Road and then the yeah. people are talking, and they're like, okay, let's look at the kid who does this. Should we put him in this? Is that
1: kind of the deal? Like, you, you're aware of that, or like, uh, no, I wasn't I mean, I was like, I wasn't like thinking about, yeah, you know? right? Because, <laughs> like, again, if I wasn't, if I wasn't like doing gladiator, I'd been like playing you know playing hockey and you know right. doing sure, so obviously sure. like I loved acting but we were also doing musical theater and okay. singing and and so it wasn't really um you know obviously it's it's infinitely more fun to be on a, a film set and you right. know next to Samuel Jackson and stuff but I you know it would have I wasn't uh I wasn't like thinking about planning a career at this, of course. this point in my life. So I knew that I loved acting and it was something that I I wanted to do. How did you get was,
0: into it? Like, who was it? You, who inspired yeah, so I
1: have an older sister. She's two years older than me. Um, and we did a lot of um, yeah, we did a lot of just like um, we, first mostly through music. Um, did like a lot of singing and stuff. Um, and so that was my first exposure to it. Um. And my mom's a figure skating coach, so she had a a student who did, like, a little bit of acting and stuff, and their mom was like, you should take your kids into the city and stuff. So it was just one of many activities that we did, and then, um, you know, you get one job, and it kind of leads to the the next. Sure. um, That's so crazy, man. So we just really, really enjoyed it, so. Yeah.
0: And, and so you, you shoot the two the two thrillers. Yeah. That's very much, like, we, Drew and I talk about this a lot, but, like, when you're at home alone mm-hmm. you're watching Netflix and you're like, it's late, I don't want to watch something that makes my brain work too hard while yeah. I watch. And it's always, almost always, something that could be considered, like, Kind of a trashy thriller from the 90s. There's yeah. like about 500. They used yeah. to make yep. a lot of
1: them. Mm-hmm. Right? Everything I grew from, up on them, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Kiss yeah. the Girls, Absolute Power, True Crime, yeah. like, double, double Jeopardy. Jeopardy. There are yeah. all these yeah. movies where you're like, I'm expecting on IMDb this is going to be a 7.1. <laughs> yeah. I'm expecting I'll recognize all the character actors, uh-huh. and I'll probably see the twist coming about halfway through, yep. and I'll absolutely finish the movie. And, and I yeah. love it. And I yeah. love it. <laughs> and we, we both of us have watched more of those than probably any genre. Yeah. So you do kind of two of them back to back. They're like both pretty sweet, both pretty rewatchable. And Gladiator comes along. So when Gladiator comes along, Russell at that point is just becoming Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't. He's not an icon yet. yes yeah. he like he had just done The Insider. He played Jeffrey Wigand. Like that was a big deal. Yeah. But Gladiator comes along, and Ridley's Wa- no, yeah, yeah, Joaquin's like I said, Joaquin's a nobody. Yeah, he's not know, really known at that point. Um, and so the movie comes along. You get cast, and you find out you're going to go to you said Malta for three months.
1: Yeah. What's that like? Like where? Uh, it was um, yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, like I don't think that. Like I, I don't think myself or my mom really knew how big the movie was until I remember flew to Malta. I'd never been out of the country at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know it was cool for yeah. my parents to have me have this experience. They go with just, you or no? My mom came with me, and my dad and my sister and my cousin actually came out for like two weeks, right in the middle, cool, three cool. months. Um, so it was you know really fun experience for me to, as a child to get to travel and be in a foreign country and stuff. But I remember. You know, we, because of jet lag and stuff, we got to. Um, they'd just come from either Moroc I think from Morocco. They come from Morocco over to, mm-hmm. to Malta. They did the first two weeks in England, and then the next two weeks in Morocco, and then the last three months, which I was there for in Malta. And um, it was like the first day that they were filming in Malta. And I, I came to set, and it was nighttime. And I remember it was a full moon. And now they would just CGI. All of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, and, yeah. And Gladiator was in the sweet spot where they could, like, have realistic CGI, but it was, like, hard to do and expensive and required a ton of expertise and new technology so that like, wasn't really there up yet. The Coliseum, yeah, they right? were touched, yeah, But they yeah. made, like, 15 acres of, like, of, yeah, the Coliseum yeah. and, like, the palace and yeah. all this stuff. And so I remember Ridley Scott, between takes, they were actually filming the scene where um, Joaquin is the slashing the Marcus Aurelius statue with a sword. sword it was a yeah. really intense scene and um really Scott came out and met my mom and I and walked us out into the middle of the Coliseum on this middle of this <laughs> so full moon. Cool. And my mom and I were like, wow it's this, all, is yeah, <laughs> this
0: is a real movie. Yeah, it was a real movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it was wild, and they had like they had a full zoo, like tigers and wow. lions. And They're... I was a pretty precocious, inquisitive little kid. So I'd hang out in the armory, and these guys would teach me how to make swords and stuff. And yeah, yeah it was it was an amazing experience. Yeah so, that's that's fascinating. Yeah. Um,
0: cuz we cuz I was going to say we found out, you know, when we were doing the research for that film when we covered mm-hmm. it on the show a few years ago, it almost makes me wish I could cover it again <laughs> with you here. Um, <laughs> yeah. but we found out that like going into production there was only like 30 pages of the script finished. Like a lot yeah. of it just changed as it oh, went going. Constantly, and- yeah. Oh dude, yeah, it was one of those things, especially cuz you know, like I was saying it's my favorite movie. It, it was kind of a shit show. Like, looking at, like, the way the production went, the script, everything being re- rewritten, I guess Russell and the writer had, like, they did not see eye to eye on yeah, almost I mean, that stuff anything. Was
1: all, was all over my head. It's so yeah. funny hearing right. these stories now because it's, like, you know, even on Glass, like, Night talking about, like, you know, hanging out with Bruce and, like, you know, when he would come out to L.A. and, you know, like, you know, like Bruce partying and stuff. It's, like, yeah. all that stuff is, like, just was totally... So it's fun to have that perspective now. To now understand to, it. You're yeah, like, I'm like, an so adult. Now, so now I, I can hang. Stuff. Like, yeah yeah, 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 right. So...
0: Uh, so Maria Menunos is the owner of this company, her yeah, and Kevin Undergar run it, and uh, she popped in here really quickly beforehand to say hello to you, and she actually wanted to ask a couple questions, and I just want to reiterate or regurgitate them on air, I should say. So we talked a little bit about what it was like seeing these people on set. But what was it like actually working with someone like Russell, who was like, you know, what we'd read was very egotistical on set. He like did his thing the own way. But you were a kid. You got Joaquin, who is someone who goes pretty hardcore method and plays one of the greatest villains of all time. And then we've got Oliver Reed, who was notorious for being incredibly difficult to work with on set. But Mm -hmm. again,
1: you're twelve. So like, what was it like working with these three these three dudes? Interesting. So I, I unfortunately didn't. I only interacted with Oliver Reed so briefly because yeah. obviously he passed away during, um, during shooting. So I, I, d- I, can't really speak to that. I, I didn't really have a, a whole lot of time. And you guys don't have him. any scenes together. And we don't have any yeah. scenes together. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was r- very sad when that happened. I remember everyone being on set and stuff, and it was, it was all, all pretty wild. He's such a talented actor. He's so good in that movie. Um, he great. He's so good. He's, um, Prox- and then. Yeah. Yeah. Russell uh, is, and, and Joaquin, the two of them could not have been any cooler to really? me. Really? I mean, I think Russell's just like, he's just like this guy that doesn't tolerate BS. Like, I mean, I, I obviously haven't had experience with him, at least working with him as an adult, but I, my impression was that he's just like, he's just a guy who's like, he just isn't a Hollywood... He's like a dude's dude yeah, that like wants just, to do it this way. Yeah, wants to do it right. So I think maybe um, his his... That aspect of his reputation isn't like completely well founded, but again, I, I haven't had an opportunity also, to work with him. as... At that moment, yeah. he was peaking in terms yeah. of his in
0: terms of his moment. Like we right. talk a lot about how actors like when you get to be that lead guy, yeah. you have a five to seven to ten year run where you're just like Oscar after Oscar after Oscar, yeah, and that's his moment. He's yeah. Like, yeah, he's in it, and he ta- he's taking it as seriously as anyone. Yeah, so that, and that was a huge production, and he's amazing at yeah. it. Obviously,
1: yeah, he's just a guy, He just seemed like a guy who doesn't doesn't suffer fools. But I know that like everybody really liked that. him. He set up a rugby league in Malta and stuff. He's <laughs> just like really. People really liked hanging out with him and being yeah. around Russell. we oh, huge, We're so, so huge fans of huge Crow. Fans. Yeah. And then Joaquin lived across the hall from me. He was like, it's so funny to think about because he was probably like, I don't know, like late 20s at the time. obviously like yeah, seemed like so, mm-hmm. so much older, but like he was just so wonderful to me he gave me a remote control car that i was just like <laughs> shredding cool. through the gardens of this like five-star crazy hotel that right. they, they put me up with all the other yeah people so i was like staying in this like insane hotel i go down into the the kitchen in the morning i was there for three months so i'd like yeah. get to know all these people and like instead of eating in the dining room i just like go into the kitchen and they'd be like who's bones like serve me up." it was, like, it was bizarre <laughs> it was like so Dunstan awesome. checks in it was like, i was just like yeah. living in this um, I'm so happy yeah. to hear that they were so. that great because
0: like again we love Joaquin we love Russell and, yeah. and yeah. obviously we're fans of Oliver Reed but he's, he's a little bit before our time but to mm. hear that on my favorite movie set makes me so happy yeah, yeah it's, it's really, really cool yeah I mean these guys
1: it was like as a child too you've like access that you like because you just don't think about you know it's like you just yeah that's just you know you, yeah so just it was innocent like, fun yeah, yeah. so um, but uh, yeah it was cool and everyone's so nice to you know everyone everyone wanted to especially now like I still like love to ask questions and stuff but I don't really want to like bug people when they're doing sure. their job and stuff but I remember like on Unbreakable like eduardo serra who's like an amazing cinematographer was like teaching me how to like check the gate and like load the oh, camera cool. film and like you only get that experience as an 11 year old yeah because everyone else is like why the fuck is this actor talking to me right yeah now? like i'm 14. working yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> or if
0: you're tom cruise or um, yeah
1: because <laughs> he like learns how to do
0: everything but um, yeah. but like okay so at the time like it's a it's it's pretty notorious that joaquin was pretty tortured with that role something where maria was mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. yeah um you know he's in a very dark place is there anything you remember as a kid that you could even pick up on that darkness? Like, where you could feel that there was something maybe that was over your head?
1: Interesting. Uh, I know that he was, like, very... Um, I mean, his performance is hes so amazing he's so in good. that movie. I, I told you before the um, show, I was like, I didn't want to watch him ever act again because I thought he was just that evil as, yeah. as a 12-year-old kid. It, was, it just blew my mind. But I do remember him, like, you know, after takes and them being like, okay, we're moving on, being like, going to Ridley and being like, I'm that was that was awful that was terrible I'm a hack I'm you know and and really just having to be like no like you that was amazing like, yeah. you got this so I think that was maybe my only real window into him maybe know?
0: how much like self hatred his character was kind of taken yeah on probably
1: yeah it's yeah, interesting totally
0: so yeah it's interesting to hear you talking about I mean because again you look at these three movies and the directors of them you got Ridley Scott you've got M Night Shyamalan and then you've got someone named Clint Eastwood yeah <laughs> uh, so again, you're 12 years old, but can you talk to us a little bit about the direction styles of these three guys, or was it kind of just you know, like, what was it like being a 12-year-old working with, honestly, three of the most notorious, I mean, definitely two, no, all three of them are gonna be some of the most notorious directors ever, you know? All time, no question. All time, hands down.
1: Yeah, Uh, very different styles, all of them, I'd say. Um, Clint Eastwood is, like, the fastest, I mean, you hear this about him, but, like, it was, you know, you'd think you were rehearsing, and it was... You're actually doing a take, and you know you're moving on. Like you have to make sure you're you're showed up and are prepared, and because he's just like you're you leave set every day at like 4 p.m., which which never happens. Um, really? Wow. Yeah, I think he, he just, wants like, to get in and out. huh? Yeah, and just really trusts the people around him and moves, and um, you know, and it was like great. I remember him like calling me like a little shit and stuff, like you know affectionately <laughs> and stuff, and just like, yeah, it's, like that's Clint kind of Eastwood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and really is like just so. Uh, he he's like like the gladiator in scope in size. It's just like you know you're huge. You're the head of like a corporation yeah. to get that movie done, and he's just like smoking his cigar and like. <laughs> and I remember he he's a, he's really into architecture, and, and I was and kind of am. It was in architecture at the time as well, and so he was designing his house. And I remember he'd like pull out his you know his, his blueprints for you know and like check them like between shots. You know, it's, it's an architect <laughs> or whatever. And he like makes them. and I was thinking, what's going on there? And at the end of um, at the end of filming, he gave me all the um, the plans to the sets. They're literal, literal blueprints, like blue, you know, back wow, when right. you actually had the blue ink and stuff. Um, so and and they're they're yeah they're they're still sealed. I gotta have to get them like framed and reproduced so stuff. Cool. But I remember being in the production office and um, and him handing these over to me and like being aware of like other people. In the office, being like, you're ah! just, Yeah, <laughs> you're just gonna give that to that 11 year old, 12 year old kid or something. So, um, and then Knight, I just sort of talked about it earlier, but um, you know, he is, all the camera moves are so deliberate, and especially working on television now where blocking is so fluid and you get into a space and you're like, you know, here's a scene, and you know, where do you want to sit? Where do you want it? Like, Knight has all that figured out. He's like, okay, you're gonna you're gonna walk in, you're gonna stand here. The camera's gonna move into you, and so it can feel a little bit restrictive as an actor, especially com- coming from like a place like Animal Kingdom where everything's shot and you know, a lot of wides and very fluid and yeah, right and handheld. And um, but you know that. With Knight, is so deliberate. And, like, the camera is telling the story yeah. with you. Um, so he's he's so cinematic. But he's also... He's, like, a mentor to, like, so many people on set. I know for me that, that was true. But not just the actors. Like, I don't know. He has, like, so many... A lot of young people, too. Or, you know, his editors, really long. Young, Luke. And um, just, like, people that he wants to to teach and to learn. And he's doing that while he directs. It's really a, cool. He
0: had a really good energy that one time I have met him last yeah. year. And, and I really, like... I knew I was doing the press line thing where I was asking questions he had answered before, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was asking the question about making a superhero movie before yeah. it's time and all that type of stuff. And, you know, he was very gracious with the answers. I could tell he had sort of given them before. Yeah. But I still was impressed even watching him come down the press line, the way he was interacting with the people around him. He was laughing and he was having a good time. Yeah. And I know in those situations you're getting rushed around. So oh, yeah, some yeah. people are a lot less agreeable than him. Yeah. But as I talked about on the show before, guys like Gerard Butler or him, like they mm-hmm. just really get it. They're really personable. Yeah. And it's uh, it's memorable. You and and yeah. That's, yeah, that sticks with people. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Like I feel like I have a very, like a great affection for M. Night Shyamalan because of that experience. Yeah. That I'll share on camera for years yeah. and like it's amazing when the difference between that and the guys that don't leave that impression right and the way people talk about them and feel about them
1: well no one's better at that of like just like being genuine and like enjoying himself more than samuel jackson the guy's really just incredible and you, you've, in so, interviews and stuff and like we got to do some press in new york together and like We did one, uh, like, Twitter interview where, where, like, you know, they asked us a hashtag for all our character, and everyone had sort of, like, you know, I think mine was, like, we believe, or, you know, something cheesy like Uh that, And, and, uh... And Sam Sam's was like you know the uh, bones of glass like we out here kicking ass and he's just like fun <laughs> like just is like so he's so cool like
0: you were saying that he gave uh he gave night like a little bit of a crap on set for some of like the because he's like yeah. not not like in a bad way but he's like very like you were saying yeah. everything that happens in a scene night it's like blink
1: then do this yeah. then things like that yeah 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 totally so and and Sam can like Sam can give. You know, crap. Oh, nobody wanted to work on this movie more than Samuel L. Jackson. Like, really one of the reasons why this movie made was because Sam, every time he'd seen Night in the past twenty years, was like, When are we you know, when are we making that movie? Wow. So um And it's such a different well, yeah. I love how different of a character it is for him. But, you know, Night would be like, you know, Sam, do you wanna like do another take? And Sam's like, No, like you got it. Like did you just see the what I did? You know, like, he's so I'm cool. Done, motherfucker. Yeah
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Um so I want to check quickly. Hey, Marissa, do we have uh, do we have any time on the back end of this, or do we have a pretty close to a hard out? 10 more minutes. 10 more minutes. Great. Yeah, sorry so guys.
1: You, get, you don't have to cut me off. I'm no, 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 no. This story. is not about you. It's I'm, about, I'm really living stuff that I haven't thought about in years. I so. honestly think we just fun. skip
0: everything with production and box office and, and stuff like that. Because I think quickly, just so we can have an understanding of the movie, uh, mm. I do want to just make sure we do the box office and critical. And we can skip everything right, else. I'll breeze through those two right now. So, this movie was uh, produced by Buena Vista. It cost $75 million to make, it was released in November. 22nd of 2000 it was a nice Thanksgiving family movie. It grossed 95 million dollars domestically and an additional 153 million worldwide for a grand total of 248 million dollars. And it actually opened at number 2 even though it had made 30 million dollars, but that was also Jim Carrey's How hey, the Grinch they. Stole Christmas yeah. in mm. week 2 still making 52 million dollars. Oh. This is what's kind of shocking about this movie. So this has a 7.3 on IMDb, which is usually a little bit more critical than Rotten. Uh, Rotten, all critics give it a 69. Top critics give it a 54. And the audience gives it a 77. And we all know what I'm going to want to talk about. It's that 54. Why the hell does this movie have a 54? Why is it that half the critics that saw this movie liked it and the other half didn't. Did well, they not know what they were signing up for? Was the movie ahead of its time? Why? I think, you know, I'll jump in quickly with just my thought on this, and you and I talked about this on the way over, but when I when this movie came out, I was 12 years old, and I was the biggest comic book fan in the world. I was working at a store for store credit. At the time, superhero movies and comic book movies were such a not a thing yet that... If something came out that even had to do with the subject, it was like we were getting like this, this nugget. You know, it's like all, all my friends at school was like, "Unbreakable," it's a comic book movie. You should see it. It's a comic book movie. Right. You know, Blade's a comic book character, and like kids yeah. didn't even know Blade was a comic book character. This movie wasn't advertised. And then you as talk a about superhero s- movie. You talk about superhero movies. There hadn't been any yet, like big ones. Yeah, it was like X Men came out the same year. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think when this movie came out, like it's just marketed as kind of like two stars and this thriller that you don't really know what it is. And I think that critics maybe went in with an expectation for it to just be, I don't know, like uh, like the Sixth Sense Part Two, and they weren't as satisfied with the twist, and it, it was like trying to be a superhero movie without being a superhero movie, outwardly maybe? I'm not really totally sure. Yeah, it doesn't, I mean, because like, a lot of times when movies get like a lower rating, they also don't make a ton of money, but this movie actually made a decent amount of money. Like, people were watching this movie, so that's really what doesn't make sense to me, and I know you were so young when it came out, Spencer, but like... Do you remember kind of hearing any of the, like the the backlash? Because this movie was is actually pretty well received by everyone I speak to. In retrospect, yeah. it's way 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 more loved than it was at the time. It's probably his like number two movie. I would agree. If yeah. it's not number two, it's number three, then you know, it's and that so like, split. Yeah. 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 So the... why do you, why why do you think personally it was rece- received so poorly? I guess
1: I don't the know. The Maybe they thought use. like the little kid was pretty whiny. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm not sure. I. uh... Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't really privy to it then, but, yeah. you know, it's cool now as an adult for people to go back and watch, uh, you know, see it before seeing Glass, and uh, that's one of the things that's so cool about Glass coming out now is that people are very well-versed in the genre. Yeah. So it's sort of interesting to see how audiences are perceiving it differently. Yeah, for sure. So I know there's a bunch of fan
0: questions, and the last thing, the last thing I want to do before we answer a few of them is mm-hmm. favorite line, just because I think, mm. uh, I'm sure you've thought about it over the years. I was going to say originally that my favorite line was the, I'm going to go work out with my dad, because I think it's a funny <laughs> so line, yeah. and I really enjoy that, but I actually think my favorite line is when, it's in your favorite scene, it's, the, it's when the music comes back in, and he says, go where people are, it won't, he says something like, it won't feel like, you know it won't be easy or something, because life doesn't fit into little boxes made for comic books. He has some line like that. It's like yeah. life, life doesn't fit into little boxes made for made mm-hmm. for a comic book. Mm-hmm. And I love that line because I love it's like such a – it's kind of a metaphor for the whole movie, right? Like you're, you're kind of watching something that you weren't really sure was a superhero movie and now you're quite sure it's a superhero movie. Now, yeah. it's, now it's making sense. He's wearing a cape at this point. This is what he is. So that's what you didn't know, realize. It doesn't fit into the billing of this is X-Men. This is called Unbreakable. You weren't right. sure what it is. Yeah. But it is. That's a comic book. Mm, that's cool. My, my favorite line isn't actually spoken. It's the written note that's left on the car, which is originally my fist pump moment because uh, yeah. it's, you know, how many days of your life have you been sick? And you're like, oh, my God, he's going to find out he's never been sick. Yeah, you're yeah, so yeah. You're Like, uh, I can't wait cool. for this to unravel. Yeah. Uh, but it's actually just the idea behind it because, like, first of all, I love I love that Sam Jackson was the one that pushed for purple and that he pushed for the glass cane. I think that's super cool, like, actor choices that he made. He pushed for it and the purple lightsaber at the same time. Yeah, and <laughs> he got both. He got everything he wants. <laughs>
1: that's so funny.
0: Uh, I love, as weird as it is, I love the, uh, um, what's that word? The, the stationary, right? That's the word? Yeah, that, that, that it's keep, written. Yeah, on I love edition. the color. I love the limited edition. I love the font. But I just love the idea of, you know, how many days have you ever been sick in your life? And you're like, oh, my God, he's about to find out he's a superhero. Yeah. Like, this is the craziest thing. And I love the boss comes. He's like, oh, you got a trend wreck, you, you bump your head. You got smarter. And you're like, yeah. what the hell are you talking about? like, I'm going to give you a raise. You've never been sick. You're like, oh, my God, he's a yeah. superhero. Because he keeps teasing you and then diffusing the energy. Yeah. Teasing you and totally. then diffusing the energy. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's a nice slow burn. Yeah,
1: yeah that's that's yeah. awesome. Do you have a favorite line or not off the top of your head? I do, yeah. yeah? Oh, in regards to the cane and the wheelchair yeah. and all those, like, props. And I just had him, like, in his house, like, still. And he had, like, pull them out for glass. You know? Really? But yeah. Was, like, cool, <laughs> all these props. Sick. you had dust off. Um... I, I I mean I'm partial to the end of like because of the kids they, yeah. they call me Mr. Glass it's yeah. just like so wonderful but I think sort of like honorable mentions was um, I'll just shoot him once which yeah. is my line yeah uh, yeah and then there's a little line it doesn't really pertain to the rest of the movie, but it's a little joke with when um, Bruce when David Dunn goes to uh, to initially ask you know how many days have I been sick. There's a, an office assistant in there. She's this like she's just staying oh, on the computer. That yeah. lady, yeah. She's like
0: proceed. Yeah, proceed. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and uh, he, she goes, I almost died once. Like horse trampled, almost trampled yeah. me to death. And then it's like this little, long pause, and she goes, had him put down. Yeah. Yeah, this is so good. And his, so and his answer, dry. his answer, is like. That's
0: a very sad story. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I think in the whole so, movie, you're like that lady is the only one who could kick David Dunn's ass. Yeah, it's that totally. Lady. Yeah, yeah. The other, yeah. the other line in that in that scene that you were talking about uh, that I love at the end is when he's yelling at him. You know how can always know because uh, he's the opposite of the hero. Yeah. And then he finally says, "I'm not a mistake." I'm not a mistake because it's yeah, a I mean, great line because it's also from Creed, which is great. But uh, yeah. but uh, <laughs> it's a great line because it's like. There's your, there is your, your, you know, that's your
1: character. That's that sort started. of echoed in Glass too, when she's, yeah. she's like, "You were spectacular."
0: Yeah. So um, we only have a couple minutes here, so let's speed around some of these these fan questions. God,
1: there's so many. We actually
0: covered like a, a lot of them on the show, just kind of talking about it. Uh, one that I actually really like here. Well, Christian Hestes wants to say that your performance in Glass is one of the favorite that he's he's seen in theaters in a very oh, long thanks, time. Thanks, Christian. Re- I appreciate that. He requested specifically for me to say that, so I got you, boy. Uh, the other one, I think this is kind of a cool question from. Um, from from Jonas, he's actually asking if you were to play a lead or a title character in any other superhero movie or universe. Like, is there anyone that you'd like love
1: to be a oh, part of? Interesting. Um,
0: now, with Agents of Shield, you played in that world too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I mean, more like yeah, was a bad guy lines, with,
1: with no powers. Uh, but yeah, so like if I if I could play a superhero, man, I don't know. Like, I love, I love action movies yeah. so much. <laughs> like again, like I grew up on Die Hard and yeah. True Lies and stuff. So I think that like. There was a little stunt in Glass that got actually that got um, uh, that got taken out. I put a little picture of it on my Instagram yesterday, but it was just like me getting pulled back, and that stuff is just so fun. So I don't, it's like yeah. sort of a workaround to that question, but like I love incorporating stunts and all that yeah. stuff. Obviously, it's great to sink your teeth into a great character yeah. and stuff, but it's just like you know, we're I'm, as a fan of film and yeah, 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 it's just like so cool to be around that, like that moment of stepping into the Coliseum and like seeing, wow, this is all for we're just going to point a camera at this, and then this yeah. is all going to be gone, so, you know, to get to do that stuff, and, like, I remember on S.H.I.E.L.D., like, the first day, they were yeah. driving a car through a warehouse and, like, explosions and stuff, right. I was like, this yeah. is awesome, it's so fun. Uh, you talk so. a lot about
0: uh, Knight and, and how great he's been with you as a director, as yeah. a kid and as an adult. Is he, did you feel, like, a big difference from, from child to adult? You, like, right. not only just because you got older, but, I mean, he got older too, so he,
1: he had yeah. to have evolved and matured. Yeah, I mean, he was 29 when he made him break, well, I said that earlier, but yeah. Um, <laughs> there's i like look at pictures of us from unbreakable and it's like we both looked like children yeah That's so yeah, funny. Yeah. um but no i mean he was like he, he he's so with it and like um with really high morale on those sets i think everybody like wants to show up and and do their best for him um but uh yeah i i talked about it earlier but i just didn't have the sense of like i just didn't know what a master he was and how amazing that like, he uses the camera so effectively he would always say like you know he he would, he would give you know he like coax the camera department along and be like guys like don't you move too early like just because i told you to move on this line doesn't necessarily like you gotta you gotta wait until you feel that moment like the cameras yeah. help telling the story and right like, he's you know he's a true fan of film and a lot of that stuff was, was sort of lost on me but you know he's as a person he's been amazing then amazing now it's fun to see like this whole other side of a man that you don't get to, you know, really sure. be privy to when you are little. So and so all cool. that success in twenty yeah. years, it's it's super. We cool get to hang out at nice house and like, it yeah, was, yeah, so yeah, cool. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Um, Any other questions? Or are you, are we uh, gonna wrap it up we, we kind of got to wrap it up. So, uh, is there anything that you personally? Is there anything that you want to promote? Anything that you're doing right now that we all need to be knowing about? Need to talk about? Watch. Obviously, go follow them on Twitter. I know it's on the lower third, but. Anything else going on in your life, man?
1: Um, well, I'm, I just I just started uh, season four of Animal Kingdom, our, yep. our show on TT, TNT, and really excited about um, that should be coming out in May. And um, but first and foremost, I mean, people should go and see Glass. Like, yeah. I, it's yeah. so fun to see the whole. I mean, Split was so incredible too. Just yeah. to see everything come full circle, and um, it's been so fun for me to watch as people you know experience this all over again it's you know it's just like uh, opportunities like this to revisit something that like yeah i sort of like almost not close the book on that chapter but it's just been so long i don't get to think i mean literally that was like middle school for me and i don't like you don't how often do you think about like stuff that was going on we're happy to open that chapter with you anytime (laughs) 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 i'm so thrilled to talk about it so i really appreciate you guys having me on yeah of course man thank Uh, you so much and thank you guys for questions and stuff and for for tuning in yeah
0: and guys watch Animal Kingdom it's a really great show I think is my friend Christina still on that show yeah she she's, is
1: she's coming back yeah I yeah I think
0: that I don't know, I think that's uh, a spoiler uh, okay yeah, yeah sure <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So. Um, but uh, yeah anyway guys thank you so much for watching thank you so much for coming by yeah, yeah. A really Obviously, great time man you know follow along with the show uh, check out patreon.com slash team action there's exclusive content there all the time even though there's a whole trader storyline we'll talk about that later he's a trader. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah follow along S3 Clark <laughs> at Andrew Guy at Ben Bateman Media and uh you can follow me. Or no, s no, yeah. Street Clark? Yeah, s Clark. Okay, yeah. I was right. Okay, First and then, initial, uh,
1: middle name, last name.
0: At Team Action Show is the Twitter for the show. And we'll be back same time, same place next week with one last thing we have to do. And it's called The Pitch. <laughs> so it's going to be one of two things. <laughs> Next week on the show, guys, um, what we're kind of doing moving forward is we're synchronizing the Action Guys and Collider with the movies we're covering here. So there's a relationship between the two we mentioned, the Sam Jackson show you can check out tomorrow. Yes. And this week Friday, will be a thing tomorrow. about, uh, yeah, this thing will be a, a thing about, like, wilderness survival type of stuff. So it'll either be The Grey or this new Mads Mikkelsen movie called Arctic. Mm-hmm. Uh, one or the other, we're seeing Arctic on a press or tomorrow, so we'll tell you if we're going to cover it or not. But uh, tune into Action Guys next week. It'll either be The Grey or Arctic next week on this show. And thank you, Marissa. Thank you to the studio. Thanks to Maria and Kevin for uh, putting this on. And yeah. thank you, of course, to Spencer for coming by. Round of applause thank for Thank you, man. guys. Yes, thanks was you so fun. much, man. We'll see you guys next week. Take care. Bye, everybody. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com.